Simon? What's your wick smell of, Matt? What does your wick smell of? Oh, nothing. It's it's me, Angela Lansbury. Oh. Angela Lansbury. Do you know what, do you know what anniversary it is, by the way, Liam? Because I've got it in my intro. No. So it's 35. I'll, I'll let you... I'll wait till the, the opening line of the intro and then you'll find out. I'm surprised that this is 35, though. It's going to be like, I don't know, plasticine or something, isn't it? Well, when's what's R- Ruby's fifty? Am I right in saying that? And what was the platinum job jobs? No, Ruby's Ruby's. Uh, sorry, fifties platinum. Is it no? What was the oh, yeah, of course. Platinum jubes. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Platinum jubilee, isn't it? Of course, it's platinum jubes. Yeah, I enjoyed um, the platinum job jobs, the coronene, and the statey foo foo. I cannot get behind any of this, and I like the bastardization of language, but it makes me sick. Um, and a bit much. A little bit. What's should we, the state play the foo-foo? Game? Oh, the state funeral. There we go. <laughs> Shall we do the inter- intro? Yeah. Welcome to our choral anniversary. Ugh. Welcome to the charts. The Welcome to every number one ever beating in your heart. We're rating and reviewing every UK chart topper. We're popping that shit out like mango worm in a dog's tail. Don't Google that. We're keeping the good ones and putting them in a list. Our Pantheon, our Turing Shroud, our Ten Commandments, our Mappa Monday, but better. Our Good Friday Agreement, our Constitution of Dece Music, our Library of Boss Tunes, our Foundation Stone made of correct noise. And who will have their faces etched on the Mount Rushmore of music? It's a man whose name adds up to 15 in the standard scoring system of Scrabble, but obviously it wouldn't be valid because you can't have a noun. It's Mr. Craiglow! Well, that score must be low. (laughs) It's worth it. Fucking hell. I tell the the listeners that we planned that. We didn't. I'm going to tell them we planned that. We planned that. But... What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet, said Bill Shakespeare in one of his plays. Almost like he'd smelt Dr. Liam Maloney's magniloquent whiff. <laughs> How are you, you radiant bastard? That's gorgeous. I like it a lot. So you can you can get mail out of my name if you want to. Or Marley, but you can't. We could name. boggle. We could, oh, right. Next intro was a boggle intro. I don't know what that is. Boggle? No. Craig, you know what Boggle is, don't you? I know what Boggle is, yes. Oh, that sounds like a man who's got beef with Boggle. <laughs> beef with Boggle? <laughs> me, me and Boggle. You go way back. Got history. <laughs> and today's machine is called Microsoft Publisher. Publisher. Bam! Microsoft Publi share. He's in the singer. Who, who's it's that? Another music pun. Who'd have thought? Thirty-five on the bounce. Um, who who was it? <laughs> who's responsible for that disgusting thing? It's yours, that one, mate. Is it? 
Yeah, <laughs> that that I know for a fact is yours because when when I went through the list, I thought could be Drew, and then I just saw your little <laughs> your little avatar, your little cheesy avatar next to it. I thought, no, it's a classic Liam there, Microsoft publisher. Um, gosh, well, shall we invoke share and play our game? Let's do something. Indeed. So, this one's interesting. This feels like, um, you know what? Share. Give me some facts about this. Um, so, okay, my first number one is unique number one, 490. It was number one for two weeks, beginning the 21st of November, 1981. I can't think of... So, I've done absolutely zero research for this. One. You're just so lazy. No, no, I've researched the other two tracks. This one, I don't see the point in even researching. Um, because I think if you guys are going to go on one, um, this will be the one that you go on. VIP, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, big hitters out this week. I'm yeah. I've got me me big ones out. Um, I'm not even going to talk now. You guys go. Matt, you're up. Uh, they were recording Queen and David Bowie in Montreal uh, studio, and then one of them went into the other one's studio, and they happened upon a song. That's that's the view that's been put out there that it was just a confluence of ideas and ego and cocaine. Um, but let's be honest, I don't think that's the way this shit kind of works. Whatever happened, David Bowie and Queen had a, had a baby and it was a number one. And they're two artists who you feel should have had way more number ones than they did. But this was Queen's second and this was Bowie's third. I can do a quick so, fact check if you'd like. I think that's correct. Let's find out, Bowie. <laughs> he says. So, first we had Space Oddity in 70, uh, 75, then Ashes to Ashes in 80, which is 80. the year before. Yeah. Um, we get Bowie's Let's Dance in 83, so two years after this. Um, don't forget Dancing in the Streets with him and Jagger having a fit. Um, and we do. And that's it. So, yeah. yeah. So, this would have been Bowie's third. Yeah, so third, Queen's second. It... This is the issue with this song is plainly and simply this. It doesn't thoroughly tick the box of either. It's not a Bowie song and it's not a Queen song. So it exists oh. in a it's, vacuum. It, it is a Queen song that David Bowie lends his vocals to. This is yeah. this is a this is John Deacon wrote a B-side and while they were in the studios they got David Bowie to record on it, and Freddie did some of the most silly vocal gymnastics he did on any <laughs> tracks because that falsetto on this is fucking stupid and shouldn't belong on any Queen single. I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of Under Pressure. I think it's a real, wow. real dull track. I really, I think it's the worst of Queen, and it's not. It shouldn't. It's not even Bowie. I mean, it's Bowie in the same way that Dancing in the Streets with Jagger is Bowie. Uh, I right. That's what did you say? Blah blah blah. And you went. Blah, it's the blah. worst of Queen. No, no, that no shit. That sounded really awful. No, I was just basically going through what you said. Um, you said no. The bit I don't agree with. So I agree with everything, barring the worst of Queen. Sunshine, oh, I don't know. It's right up. It's right sunshine, up there with space. It, it's, it's right up there with space. It's not. It's not. 
well, it's even on hot close space. to the worst of Queen. Yeah, but tagged on was nothing to do with that. It was to try and plug the hole in an obviously <laughs> sinking ship. And for me, that's the... I'm not sure... No one really knows the full story of this record, but Hot Space, which was the album that Queen were recording the year afterwards, they were obviously in the studio trying to find a new sound, trying to kind of go down more of a funky route because Another One Bites the Dust was such an enormous hit worldwide that... I'm guessing they were trying out loads of little funky ideas, which, so when Craig was saying a John Deacon B-side, I'll give him that. This is an idea. It's not a song. It's an idea. Bowie comes in, spreads a little dust all over it, and Freddie gives it the... Well, when he's not squealing like that, he's just skit-scat-stoodle-a-bopping throughout his fucking verse. And it's just any song where Freddie Mercury's run out of words and he's just going... It's just... That's Come every on. Queen song. The only, it's not. Barbo rap. I mean, the thing is, I, I, I am the first one to mark Queen's frailty. You can't say it's every Queen song. It's definitely a lot of 80s Queen. I guarantee I guarantee you there's no scatting on Invisible Man. Well, well, yeah, but my only issue is here. What is your issue with... The scatting of Fred, I can't believe we're drilling down at this. The the scatting of Freddie Mercury against Scatman John. Uh, because when Freddie, where is the line drawn? Okay, because Freddie should only be scatting to warm up the crowd at Wembley. He shouldn't be doing it on a number one single. And Scatman John, it's in the name. Mm. <laughs> His name is John. He's a man, and he scats. <laughs> We're currently debating the merits of Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie. Do I need to like sense check us quickly? No, no, not not in the slightest. I think I think we're actually doing our job correctly here. But can I just jump back to the fact that Craig can we, can we get back to the Scatman John argument here? Just because it's in his name, right? It's on Front Street. I know know what record I'm buying when I'm buying a Scatman John record. It's a man called John who scats. When I'm buying Queen and Freddie... When I'm buying Queen and David Bowie under pressure, it is a case of... No. John John Paul Larkin, by the way. Scatman John. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We've been very verbose. Immediately. From the off. It wouldn't surprise me if we've lost at least 30% of the listeners thinking they're off on one. So, in a word, Craig. Yes. Sum this song up. Dull. Uh, dull. It's really dull. It's really, really dull. I'm going to I'm going to choose a word that is adjacent to dull, but on the other side. All right. Liam. Fucking hell. I'm, I Don't think like... Liam saw that coming. He's been I'm... fucking blindsided by two cars crashing together that he thought were just going to sail past in harmony. I find it all quite joyous. I find it powerful. Yeah, wow, okay. Um, in that case, I'm going to tuck my tail between my legs and do the next one. Um, so, <laughs> see how lads. You've absolutely thrown me there. <laughs> so, um, second for me is unique number one, four, seven. Oh shit! It's in the bin. It's the fifties. Um, it's it is deep in the fifties. Um, in more ways than one as well. Um, so this was number one for six weeks. Shares, Shazza, 
Have you got any facts for me, my love? No, it was unique number one for the first time on the 4th of May 1956. And it was number one for six weeks. Um, I'd never heard of this guy. Um, this well. bodes well. But also, yeah. chaps, um, also, strap in, and this goes for you too, dear listener, because this song, it, it starts... There's a killer behind you. <laughs> Don't do that again, Craig. <laughs> No other love have I. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Fucking croony, croony, sir, Bruno. Craig, Craig, Craig's racist against the 50s, sir. <laughs> so that is by uh, someone that Matt might know, a guy called Ronnie Hilton. And nope, it's new um, one on me as well, that. No Other Love, which was his kind of big hit in the 50s. Um, he was... That's a cover of... Um, a track from Me and Juliet, which is a Rodgers and Hammerstein tune, I think. Um, uh, and so the reason I thought you might know Ronnie Hilton is because he became, in later life, the voice of quite a famous BBC Radio 2 programme called The Sounds of the 50s. He was the guy who narrated it like 20, 25 wow. years after the fact. Um, which is obviously a little bit meta. Um, and I know you kind of you bum on those kind of... Yeah, yeah. Um... um Craig, tell me how much you love this. Oh, it's the most one. Oh, no, it's fucking garbage. Croony croonery in the 50s. No, no, no. With, 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 this is just pish posh. I mean, this has been forgotten for a reason. And this is coming from three people who know their music. And this is a number one for what, six, seven weeks? And six it's weeks. forgotten. And yet we remember random one week wonders. Could be anyone, it could be anything. It's just meh. Matt. I you see, my so Craig goes hard in against the fifties. I've got a slightly different view on it. Where that the fifties songs, if they aren't big hitters, they're almost invisible. You know, now yeah. I'm not saying that means we should, oh yeah, just pull them in. It's fine. I'm not saying that. But this genuinely doesn't offend me. So it, it literally is just, tran- it's a transparent sheen on whatever's gone before. I, I'm literally, in fact, Liam, can we have a little bit more on it? Could you just drop us in, like kind of 50 seconds in or something like that? Here we go. I don't expect miracles here, by the way. Watching the night with me Into the night I cry Hurry home, come home Do you know what the issue is with the 50s things? It's like, if we were imagining this is a game, it's like we're, every so often when we go to... When we go pre-November 61... It's like these people are playing a completely different game. That, so yeah, that is the issue with the, the it kind of it's that music holy sort of hangover. It's that sheet music hangover. It's not pop music yeah. as we understand pop music. It's just music yeah. that was popular, which is not split hairs a different thing. I think to what yeah. we talk about on this show. So so this is this is difficult. So I get why Craig dismisses it, 
I am worried about dismissing it offhand because it's from such oh. a different rule base. But However, there is, there is some genuinely interesting stuff from the fifties. We've come across some genuinely interesting stuff from the fifties. This isn't in the least bit genuinely interesting, even when it comes to croonery sort of songs. This is perfected in much better ways further down the road. If you want to Craig, take it as Craig, a prototype you, crooner, you, 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 you're pushing on an open door. You don't have to. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it, it, but I'm just as you said. It, as I'm, you said, it's a it's a clear piece. It's a clean sheet of paper. It's a cling film over the turd that is under pressure. I'm well aware of where we're going. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's moved to turd now, Liam. I, uh, I, 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 yeah. It, it's, it's there. It's it sure is. It sure is a song from the fifties. Yeah, it is. That's that's the best I can say for it. Um, <laughs> it's a cover from a musical in the fifties, from a fairly unknown, forgotten musical, quite a serious, like fifties Broadway musical with a lot less joy than I would hope for. It's just not. There's nothing to commend it really. Um, well, let's see if I can strike even a little bit of Pycrete. With my last, it's the, can I can I just say it's still all to play for for me? Okay, oh that's nice to know. Okay, so we're still in an open field then. Um, in mm. that case, then um, let me do my next number one. Craig shaking his head. Um, <laughs> Craig's gone. Craig has gone. Craig has gone. <laughs> so my final one is unique number one seven hundred and thirty. Um, oh, it's all on. It's all on. <laughs> publisher, give me some info. <laughs> No, all I can tell you, this was two weeks at number one, beginning on the 28th of October, 1995. Oh. Um, you'll get this in a fucking heartbeat, lads. Oh, oh it's Gangster's oh, Paradise. <laughs> I love that that's all you need. <laughs> Before you dive in... Um, so obviously that is Coolio featuring LV with um, Gangster's Paradise. And I thought for our um, readers, I might give them a little bit of kind of text to help kind of contextualise <laughs> their... Oh, it's out! It's back out, salad eating bitches! Um, it's back To help contextualise their Coolio <laughs> listening. So I'm going to read to you just the, the menu, uh, the, um, the contents page from Coolio's Cooking with Coolio. Five-star meals at a one-star price. Um, so, the introduction. Who is the ghetto gourmet? Uh, chapter one, how to become a kitchen pimp. <laughs> that was the one that did me last time. <laughs> um, chapter two, the ten cool mandments. Um, chapter three, shit. appetizers for that ass. Chapter four, <laughs> salad eating, eating bitches. bitches. Yes. Um, it gets better. Uh, chapter five. Pimping the poultry. Chapter six, sinful steaks. Chapter seven, it's hard out here for a shrimp. Fucking hell. Chapter eight, chilling and grilling. Chapter nine, pasta like a rasta. Chapter ten, vegetarians, okay, whatever. And eleven, sweet treats for that sweet ass. And that is followed up by the pimp clusion, which doesn't quite work. Um, yeah, would anybody like any recipes, or should we move on and discuss Gangsters Paradise? Absolute nineties hip hop banger. So let's let's look at where we were before. Great, I was Craig perhaps, wrapped it in. Like, I, well, I'm really this is the, docking over there. I'm really intrigued. So, 
Craig, you were you were going in the hard in the bin here, but I yes. get the feeling you like this. Your your feeling is right. <laughs> oh. I think this is as close to mid nineties hip hop perfection mm. as you're gonna get. I think this hits all the right notes. I mean, it's got a hook that is just instantly recognisable, as we can see by literally half a second of the intro. Yep. I th- I think that Coolio... You can smell a fault, shit. You can smell a shit <laughs> and know it's a shit, shit mate. <laughs> I, even though it is the theme song from a film, I'm looking at you, Dangerous Minds, starring Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, I... Th- I think it was gangster rap without being too gangster. I think it was. I think it's a good gateway rap song if you're too scared to get into the real hard sort of gangster rap stuff. I mean, it is a sort of my first gangster rap track. Uh, <laughs> TM. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got fun, silly hair. So <laughs> he does. He very much does. Rest in peace, Coolio. The fucking great <laughs> summing up right there. ML. Um, <clears throat> should I? I'll I'll try and do it in my best Craig Lowe impersonation. It's no Deloonies. Uh, I got five on it, but it's really good. It's bloody close. And it is. And it is. It's a watch guys. It's. I had no love for it at the time. And my love for it now is the fact of its enduring appeal and how well done it is. And right, let's be honest, production-wise, right? My issue with a lot of spoken word-based content, musical content, not just rap, is the fact that they believe that the minimalist minimalism of it is its sales point. This song really sells itself. It places itself. It's almost Halloween-esque. It's all ghostly choirs. It's all stabbing kind of synth strings. It really, it's it's great. I fucking, I can't argue against it. It's close for me because, I mean, it's, I mean, when Weird Al is parodying a track, you know it's an instant classic and we can't, We'd be remiss if we didn't mention the classic Amish paradise that was parodied from this. So yeah, we, we, cl- we would be we would be remiss. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think that is where you're at, sort of culturally, when it is being it's so big it's being parodied by the most leading par- mm. parody writer in the world. It's got to be something special. My, uh, well, I, I agree with you, but I wouldn't lean, you know, I I wouldn't lean to Weird Al. I would just, the, the fact that it it genre hopped, you know, it was one of those, this is this was kind of like fifth year for school for me. And it's, it's kind of, everyone knew this song. No one was ignoring this song. Everyone knew this song. Everyone knew the words. It was huge. It's, it's notable. It's well done. Yep. It's got to go in. It's got to go in. So it's a keep from Matt. Craig. Under pressure is an absolute big steaming pile of shit, and uh, the uh, the middle crudery one is absolute garbage as well. So unfortunately, Coolio's going in the bin and all. See you later, boys. Unbelievable, absolutely un fucking believable. This lad. <laughs> well, I'm going to be the the voice of no, 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 no. Let's let's dwell on this. That motherfucker's just spent thirty seconds saying how good the song is. But it isn't good enough to beat Under Pressure and a random crew. Under Pressure's can... not that bad. 
He's I, just I disappointing. Can, I can sunge on one of them. I'm not doing a double sunging <laughs> <laughs> off the back of a Coolio track from a film that nobody remembers. No. Nice. I can't. I can't work like this. Well, thank <laughs> God for democracy because it is going in. <laughs> Blood and sand. That was. That, how was that controversial? That shouldn't have been controversial. I feel unwell. Um, with that being said, um, let's. Yeah, he's definitely. Unsound. Let's make you feel worse. It's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> Get the emodium out, lads, because it's about to be a shitty week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. What was that noise? He's absolutely on fire. <sighs> Just My brown. first... <laughs> the brown farmer. <laughs> My first number... Uh, try again. My first number one this week is unique number one, number 1041. Before we go any further, Microsoft publish share. Please turn back time with some facts. It's been. That is correct. This was number one for one week from the 9th of September in the year of our Lord 2006. Uh, yeah, press play. Um, it's sexy back. Correct. This is Justin Timberlake with his bringing sexy back, his receipt, and everything. Uh, Yeah, this is the lead single from his second LP, Future Sex Love Sounds. Uh, Justin Timberlake describes this sound as if David Bowie and David Byrne were covering James Brown's Sex Machine, uh, of which Justin Timberlake is talking right out of his sphincter. Yeah, uh, take it to the chorus, boys. Yeah. It just, it gives me uh, Robin Thicke. Vibes. Oh, now you've said it, you've ruined it for me. Well, <laughs> right, wait, wait, wait. Was Blurred Lines before or after? After. 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 Right, well, then realistically, it Proto should have, but it does. It, do you know when it started, mm, I felt uneasy. It, I, I always quite enjoyed this tune. I quite like the just, kind of Tourettean... One, imp- one man, one man saying two words can't ruin a- no, entire No, because they've built an association, but no, I always kind of like the Tourettean performance from Timberland. Like, that's all he, that's all he did yeah. at that point him and Missy Elliott were just shouting random things on everyone's tracks I like the bit before the chorus where he just goes <laughs> like, please can we find that can we find that I mean, it's not even a good vocal delivery from Justin, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a bit sort of phoned in. I mean, this coming straight off the back of that debut album, where the, the, everything on it was a fucking banger, this all just feels a bit sort of by the numbers. Isn't part of it to sound a little bit phoned in, though, isn't it? Like, isn't that is part it? of it? I, right. Well, no, no. You know, because it's, it's almost like I don't give a shit. Almost kind of like disassociatively sexy. I'm Justin Timberlake. You will buy this. 
I mean, there is also that. <laughs> but, you know, if you can't, you're not going to give it big fucking sings over something like that. Did you? No. did you guys hear, he did a tune a couple of years ago called Filthy. Do you know that? Go on. Um, just, just if you don't know, that's fine. But um, this feels like the prototype for Filthy. And Filthy was way more interesting. Way better. So we yeah. had that kind of like weird George, thing. George Michael's ringing for his copy of Freak back and <laughs> but it, it's, oh, that's how you get that, to my that, heart that Greg that's that's <laughs> that's slower it it is just it that sounds sexier it sounds warmer sexy whereas, back is not very sexy it's bam, not bam, it's bam, it's bam. it's robotic it's mm. you know what I was saying to Craig it's phoned in it, it's it is robotic as the beat and the production is it's just like it's basically how we're all going to be having sex in 25 years' time after bloody AI's had its way. Am I right, lads? Hey? Yeah, that first album's an absolute belter. Um, it's shit. Should we move on? <laughs> Moving on swiftly to my second number one this week. You think the turds are smelly now? Wait till you get a load of unique number one, number 1055. Oh, this was number season. one for three weeks from the 31st of March in the year of our Lord 2007. Oh. Uh, uh, Microsoft published share, I believe. You have some facts for me. Lovely. Lovely work there, Craig. The honk yep. around the world, which means it is a charity thing. Chazzer! I'm a Yeah, so uh, take your best. Can we hear what charity song. is? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you. I'll give you three seconds of the intro, and I want to see if you can get it. All right. Okay. Oh, it's Peter Kay. So it's five, five. Was it Comic Relief? So it's Peter it Kay and all relief. the people, all the people walking with. No, because that that's no. not that one. Oh, that's the... no, that's Amarillo, isn't it? That's Amarillo. This is five hundred miles by the Proclaimers. It is so that's the miles actual Brian original Potter Craig. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Proclaimers featuring Peter Kay and his character Brian Potter from the music from the show Phoenix Nights, and not David Walliams, the other one, Matt Lucas, Rayvon. as as Andy, the one in the wheelchair that would we can't really do anymore because it's not very PC. Uh, based on one joke in fucking Phoenix Nights, where everyone shouts Bobby Davro to the chorus of this, uh, and that's the only reason for this to exist, so that everyone could go Bobby Davro. Jesus. Wow. And this, not the actual comic relief num- song, which was the Sugar Babes versus Girls Allowed version of Walk This Way, off the number one. So, I mean, this is Peter Kate is full stinks. on. Yeah, it's fucking awful. How the Proclaimers could have anything to do with this is beyond me. I want to go on too, please. Am I, okay. am I right? I've yeah. been this far. Feel free. I, I... Right. Well, I think if you listeners, I mean, see I've not pod... buried the lead in this. I mean, I have, I've, 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 I've... <laughs> no, no. But like, if listeners see the old pod, I think uh, it was me, Matt, and Hannah while Craig was on uh, maternity leave. Um, we did a thing about our most hated pieces of music, and the Proclaimers' Five Hundred Miles" was in my top five most hated pieces of music of all time. I think it's the poxiest fucking bollocks. 
It's not as bad as Dancing Queen. Um, I don't mind the original. I honestly have no problem with the original. I mean, for, for all of its leaning into me Scottish accent as hard as I can, that it is, it is, it's it's a fine piece of 80s pop music. And that's all it should irritating. be. It should be sat there on a now record going, oh yeah, I kind of remember this. Not be the fucking cultural fucking milestone that it actually is. Yeah, because that is my gripe with it. I just find it the most overplayed poxy piece of shite in the world. Matt likes it, doesn't he? <laughs> no? Bobby Davro, Bobby Davro, Bobby Davro. The Proclaimers are wonderful. Wonderful songwriters from the a kind of part of soul, acoustic soul, Celtic fringe. That like the the song Sunshine on Leith to be brayed by 5,000 Scotsmen on a hill. It's a beautiful thing. They write incredible music that cuts to the quick, gets right, gets you right here. This is not one of their songs <laughs> that makes it. And yeah, is it due to overplay? Yeah, perhaps it is. If it was a buried album track, then it's like, oh, yeah, like, have you heard the, the walking song? Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Craig? Yes. I'm, jo- I'm joining Liam on too. <sighs> Which means, irrespective of what happens next. Can I just state... Can I just state that if the third one is two tribes, I'm going to throw myself off off my balcony. (laughs) Well, let me... I don't think two tribes rescues that. Two tribes? I'm saying now, rescues anything. It could even (laughs) spin a non-Tamida bin. No, it it couldn't. Rules of the game. Rules of the game. Rules of the game. Well, uh, well, let me dissuade your balcony jumping with by presenting you unique number one, number 1,308, which isn't two tribes. So rest assured, and I guarantee you it's on nobody's list ever, 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 ever. This was number one for three weeks from the 10th of December in the year of our Lord uh, 2015. Cher, have you got facts for me, babe? <laughs> No, nada. This is also a chat tickler, but who fucking cares? Press play. It's in the bin. It's in the bin. Yeah. Get it in the bin. For all the times that you ain't on my oh, it's um, Bieber. And I don't mind this. Unfortunately, yeah, probably the best Bieber track. But never mind. Yeah. Off you roll, Biebs. Is it Love Yourself? Something like that. It is Love Yourself. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Like, that would Massively dis- Massively disingenuous, but... Fine, yeah. well-written pop song, but... It, uh, it wouldn't move yeah. the needle for me, though. Slap like, it straight all. in the bin. Excellent. Au revoir. Off you go. Well, you know what it, this means, gents. Hit me with Lucky a number dip. two. <laughs> oh, golden prime. <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner. You know what? Right. I so need, I, I feel like what are we episode thirty five now? Is this a fucking stooge? No, we 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 came in to pr- slightly prove the fact that twos are better than ones, right? Mm. And oh my god! Well, the thing is, I looked at it, so I reckon after episode twenty three twenty four, we are having such a high hit rate. I looked at a list of UK number twos to think, is this just generally? Uh, you know, are they generally better? And there are a lot, a lot more of classic, like kind of definitely no one's going to disagree that this song is brilliant song 
at number two. But there's still a load of shit there, and we have not hit one of them. And I think one of the good things about this system is it's total lucky dip. And at this moment in time... I, I, I get the feeling our season pass to Cucumber Castle is in the post and will be with us very shortly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, like, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with that. So like, you look at the start, even like I'm, I've got the spreadsheet up here, so like some of the kind of highlights that we got. Episode one, we got Man in the Mirror as a lucky dip. Yep. We got Axel F, um, Salt and Pepper's Push It we got, um, Cascada's Every Time We Touch, which isn't bad, Khaleesi's Milkshake... Brandy Monica, the girl is mine. Like just, just born slippy. Like it's been consistently pretty good. There's some dross in there as well. Well, you know, we we've had we've had like Save a Prayer, Duran Duran. We've had Do You Say Axel F. We've had in there. Like there's been we. The thing is, the issue we've had is we've we've got not just good songs. We've had real big hitters. Mm, yeah, Do you know what I mean? Both. We've we've been we, so they are there as number two, so it still argues the case. But we've been so lucky in our choices, and I can't believe it's still going now. Like there are obviously we have our moments though. Like we've had uh, we've got cucumber castled with don't forget to remember, but we've also had like um, Bross cat amongst the pigeons, which wasn't great. Um, Alvin Stardust, my Kukachu. And which, which, hang on, my Kukachu is way better than Private Investigations by Dire Straits. Yeah, but it's all, um, slight, it's all not, it's all scraping the barrel. Oh, but we're definitely on the by, by the way, by the way, that was Golden Brown by the Stranglers. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> um, shall we move on and do Matt's final three? Let's do so. go microsoft publisher so we have unique number one number 1376 oh this is recent what's that 2020 absolutely on the nail so this hit the top spot on the 30th of july in 2020 it was at the top spot for six weeks and you always think oh if it's been there for six i think we, we made this decision didn't we irrespective of year over five weeks you've really hit upon something yeah and i looked at the song title and the and the performer name and i thought i do not know this song oh wow okay microsoft publisher <laughs> microsoft publisher do we have any more information on this Nothing, and quite rightly, Craig. What did you say this was? It was the summer of COVID. It's the, COVID the summer, summer of COVID. It is a COVID summer, so I must have missed this, or oh, it's eked into my head surreptitiously because I don't know the name of the the the, the song, and I, I I wasn't aware that the artist did this song. But yeah, I know this. Press play. It's Head and Heart by Joel Corey and Emanike. Emanike, that's it. It's Modern chart shagger. Tune. Love Island soundtracking, one billion streams. That's a lot of fucking piss. There's more written about the music video than the song on the Wikipedia. That's kind of understandable in some respects because it is the archetype of, you know, kind of, we mention every now and then, the archetype of kind of, classic modern get the hook in early thump goes through hook runs TikTok. through 
blah blah blah. Yeah, TikTok yeah. Song. I'm, tr- I'm trying, I'm trying my best to, to move away from that, Craig. But you're absolutely bang on. Um, would you like some song facts from songfacts.com? Ooh. Uh, well, so I really, uh, just personally, I really know this tune. Remember during COVID, I used to DJ on kind of Friday nights and Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I used to play this tune loads when it came out. It's a really great tune. Um, I love M&EK as well. He's, he's always been really cool. A lot of time for M&EK. Um, did you ever, ever hear any really early stuff when he was starting out, like um, his cover of Waiting for Tonight by Jennifer Lopez? Yeah, I think you played it's it on really the long good. pod, mate. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I will, I'll stop ranting because I fucking... No, no, no. No, there was no rant there. It just proved that you didn't want any any song facts from songfacts.com. No, I do want... Which I, is do, I would like no, some. No, I've, re- I've read it. I've read it. And it's not worth a breath in my body. Oh, okay. What's really pleasing is that um, it's nice to have a really modern song on this that I've not had to be like, what's this? What? Yeah. Who? Yeah, so that's it. Well, nice let me be the mid 40s man who just got <laughs> excited that Golden Brown went in and went, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Boring. Don't like it. It's fine. But I'm, I'm sure the kids love it. My, my kids will love it. But for me, it's it's not doing anything for me, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. So, apologies. See, I, I, atypically, and the way this kind of show works, I fall betwixt. The two of you, I, I, I do. I don't have the love that Liam has for it, but I understand where you're coming from, Craig. Um, the hook fucking works, though. Yeah. Jesus. Like, on, on a real basis. I, and I, I, listen, Craig, don't ever think that this is my argument for it to keep, but all I'm saying is that hook fucking works. I'll be dead straight with you, though, but I would struggle to uh, be a songwriter by committee now because the one thing about this song is it does feel less than the sum of its parts, the complete whole. It's so reductive. It, it kind of minimalizes itself out of all existence. But as an example of where we're at, it's not a bad one. And if you can get any fainter praise than that, <laughs> then I'll give you the money myself. Uh, this next number one is unique number one, number one, two, two. It was at the top spot for two weeks on the 20th of July in 1961. Share. Fact me till I fart. Cock. Oh. Press play and let's see what we got. Bit Thunderbirds. Any guesses? Buddy Holly? Those harmonies. Definitely the same timbre as as Buddy Holly, Craig, but in duo form, it's the Everly Brothers with Uh, their, I think it was the last of their four big uh, number one hits with Temptation. I was going to say unmistakable harmonies from Phil and Don, but, you know, anyway. uh, The last of their... It was the it was their last of their uh, four number ones, possibly their poorest two. The the three that came before were, you know, fucking right up there. This was originally performed this song by Bing Crosby in the film Going Hollywood back in nineteen thirty three, and I will give the Everly Brothers this 
they did smash that original to pieces and put it back together as they wished. If you were to listen to the Bing version, it really doesn't have the same feel to it as what we've just heard. The original is all sinuous melody. But this is all the a bit pinky and perky do seaside postcard. It, it's a bit abrasive and a bit, isn't it? I, I mean, the thing is, I, you do you you were absolutely right to use the term abrasive with um, a, a, a lot of the sixties output, as you do, Liam, which is right. But you know, we've we got to remember what medium we're mixing for at this time. But it is, it is still with in the high fidelity headphones that we have, it is very mid. Mid central and you know hitting the frontal. Cortex, I mean, we we, we talk about when the eighties ended. It's this is where did the fifties end? I mean, this is yeah. This this is nineteen sixty one, but this is this this is might as well be fifties. Where did the fifties end? Can you remember where the fifties ended, Craig? Uh, I'm guessing with Beatles first single December nineteen sixty two. That's where the that's where yeah. the fifties ended. There we go. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but but because but this is with with the fifties as we as we've discussed earlier, um, it the the move into pop music. Yeah, the, yeah, the creation of the teenager with Elvis. You can, you can, you can, you can hear, you can hear the, you can hear proto pop in it. You can see where pop music is yeah. going to go. It's but getting you can there, hear isn't more it? of the, yeah, you can hear more of the fifties than you can of the sixties in it. The fact that they're going to a Bing Crosby song from a nineteen thirty three film, yeah, tells you a lot, doesn't it? It feels quite bobbleheady. To mm. me, it's, you, I, you say cool. that it'd be like somebody covering a '90s track in the year 2023. Oh wait, most people yeah. do that now. It's only 30 <laughs> years removed. <laughs> mm, real, feel um, old. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised I'd, if you've got a view on this, Liam. Yeah, I'm really, I'm so unmoved by it. Like, I suppose it's interesting, but I was curious. It's not a spectre number, this is it? I think I think it's a little bit early for Spencer mm. stuff. Are you aware of the other Everly Brothers number ones? Just to kind of put it into context. Uh, so all I have to do is Dream was their uh-huh. first in '58, which I'll be honest with you, I'll go into bat hard for that because that's absolutely beautiful. Um, Kathy's Clown, which you will be aware of the song when you hear it, right, that okay. was the number one in 1960. Walk right back. Backed with Ebony Eyes. I think we've been that. I think we did, yeah. And then this was their last um, big hit from 61. But this, it just seems... It, it it seems kind of grabby, a little bit out of step of where music, music is going. Craig alluded to it in his explanation. Yeah. Although, I did Wake Up Little Susie not get a number one then? Two. Ah, because that's a reference point that I would have kind of I would have jumped in for because I think that's kind of interesting. That's got a bit of that kind of rock and roll. We'll get that in on a Jive Bunny track. That's absolutely fine. We'll get that in solidly on a Jive Bunny track. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is with the Everlys, their their importance to the beat groups that came afterwards yeah. out, outweighs their output. So the Everleys took what Buddy Holly had and moved it on. The Everleys' yeah. beautiful harmonies, you mix those two things together, you get all the beat groups. You get all the Mersey beat mm. groups. You get S&G, Simon and Garfunkel going on. Everything sprouts from these guys. Do you know what I mean? 
Mm. So from small acorns. Okay. Giant oaks. Big nuts. What did you call me? Um, let's do it. Let's move on. You need number one, number two, two, five. This hit the top spot on the 22nd of September in that year again, 1966. 66. This was go. at the Come top on. spot for five weeks. And I ain't burying the lead, but I'm just going to be factual here and say this is perhaps not the finest 66 moment, but oh, interesting. it's still notable before we go any further, share, do we have any more information about this track? Do we fuck? Put it on. <laughs> I hear the sound of distant drums. Jim Reeves. Jim Reeves is... Distant Drums, this was a posthumous release, believe it or not. He died in 1964. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Age of 40 in a plane crash. They all went... They all died in bloody plane crash. Why would you fly? Why would you even bother touring other places? Day the Music died. Jim Reeves. um, Mm. Otis died in a plane crash. Who else went in a plane crash? Um, Aaliyah. (laughs) Aaliyah. (laughs) That's it. Sort of stunning list of legends and the star of Queen of the Damned. Jim Reeves and his superior hearing, his distant drums over yonder, posthumous release, and Jim had already carked it two years earlier. The Big O, Roy, had recorded this in 1963, but it's Gentleman Jim's version that has lasted the years. Five weeks at the top in the best number of, in the year with the best number one singles. Chance would be a fine thing. Here's a wiki fist. Jim Reeves gave the Reeves to Jim Wah's Vic Reeves alter ego. Bam! Have those fact apples. Woodbine, Udbine, 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 Dbine, Bin. Um, shall we? So right, Matt's been in Jim Reeves and everyone yeah. else. Well, I don't, I, I, I don't know about the sound of distant drums, but. That's the sound of Craig's bit. That's the sound of a, <laughs> the sound of a very close bin. <laughs> For the people listening, Craig has actually brought his bin into the room. That's where we're at. Oh, I'm really sorry to say it, but I think Joel Corey's got to go. I love that tune, but yeah, the other two, nah. Which means, gentlemen, we are on one of those unique moments in uh, pop music history where we have achieved a unanabin. Would you like to take a mucky dip, Matthew? I'm going to have to, aren't I? Let's see if our... If Craig has already called a cucumber castle coming around the corner. Let's see. <laughs> oh, God. I know what this is. Do you know what that is, Matt? Not a clue. That is Keith West with this thing called Excerpt from a Teenage Opera. So how would you know about that? It's in a Victoria Wood joke, weirdly. That's the reason I know it. Um, So it's about Grocer Jack, and they want to get in the grocery shop for some reason. (laughs) Fucking hell. Already riveted. It sounds like I'm insane, doesn't it? Um... 
I think, you know, maybe we got too cocky when we were going through that list earlier. I oh, think, no, we, I think, I think we've, you deserve it. Definitely, definitely gone there. So this was... Oh, my God, this is earlier than I thought. So this is 1967, mm. released in July 1967 at the height of psychedelia. And what business does Keith West have? So he is a British rock singer. And he's known best for this single, which was reached, believe it or not, guys, number two in the UK single chart. So we never actually got the whole opera, though. Like, they never made the full Teenage Opera, I don't think. Oh, no, they did. Oh, my God, they actually did it. Yeah, so you can find out. So, Craig, you love love a weird (laughs) musical. Um, A Teenage Opera is one for you. Okay, I will do my research and get back to you on the Patreons with a review of the Teenage Opera. Yes, please, that'd be delightful. Um, That's a proper shit of that. (laughs) No one's won there. No, poor Joe Corey. There we go, let's get the smell out of there. There it goes. He's got Febreze. He's got props. (laughs) For breeze the shit out of this week, I can only apologise, dearest of listeners, for putting you through this, but Dems the breaks. Sometimes we get a real shitty week. Why don't you tell us all about it? Don't give us a bad review by going to wherever you find this podcast, particularly hosted by writing a review and rating us, be it one star or five stars. It all helps us in the end. Uh, if you want to find us on the Five is preferable, though, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw that out there. <laughs> Don't bury it. No one's listening to this this long and gone. You know what? I've been listening to this one star podcast <laughs> for thirty something weeks now, and you know don't what? Don't go to the crowd. We love you, dear listener. <laughs> uh, yes, find us on the interwebs. If you go to Facebook, search every number one ever. We post some stuff on there. Go to Twitter at E N O E Podcast. We probably still post some stuff on there. I don't know. I'm not on the socials. Uh, if you go over to patreon.com slash E-N-O-E podcast, please just throw us pound, throw us whatever you can because uh, we do try our best to provide you with all the extra content we can, be it extra podcasts, be it playlists, be it articles, be it a picture of me with the lead singer of Way! Awesome. Yay. Or Craig's <laughs> review of a teenage opera, apparently. Coming soon, yeah. Remind <laughs> me of that in the weeks to come. Uh, but leaving it right there, Master Maloney is the page. Where is the Pantheon this week? Where is the Pantheon? Um. So this week, Queen and David Bowie narrowly escaped the jaws of death. If Craig would have had his way, they'd be hung, drawn, and quartered. Um, with under pressure, um, Ronnie Hilton has not quite singed in, but certainly um, maybe collapsed at the door and fallen forward into the Pantheon. Um, helped, of course, by Coolio and LV with Gangsters Paradise. Um, unfortunately, after that opening, things take a much rockier turn. We end up with Justin Timberlake in a Tourettean Timberland with sexy. A. Yeah! <laughs> um, 
Peter Kay has been gaffered into his wheelchair Gassed. and he's dragging the two proclaimers and their mm. seven teeth into the maw of the bin alongside Justin Bieber's insincere love yourself. Thankfully, all three of those were replaced with the proclaimers at Golden Brown, which is the song about heroin. And pause, finally... Pause, Stranglers Golden Brown. The Stranglers, the Stranglers Golden Brown. Yeah, thank you for that. And finally, Joel Corey and Emenike. Um Have you ever seen the video? Oh god, the that Emenike video. The one where he's just like shagging that girl's bloke. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, with <coughs> head and heart, which is a shame because I kind of like that tune. Then a non-existent dully moment from. The Everly Brothers, who aren't the Righteous Brothers, or the Icy Brothers, which it took me a while to realise. And uh, Jim Reeves' distant drums all went into a very near bin. Um, thankfully, or, well, what's, what's, no, um, ambivalently, <laughs> they were replaced by Keith West. <laughs> excerpt from a teenage fucking Keith opera. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who uh, is Keith West? Flo- we flushed three shits and one just popped back up again. So, I mean, Bit it's a closer. win, but it's a narrow win. <laughs> yeah, you're still not, like, you don't want to go into that train toilet. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> We've kept you long enough, Craig. Yeah, cheers. It's been it's been a podcast again. Liam, well done. It's- it's my final week on poll next week, which oh. is fun. And then we change up again, and what will happen oh, next time? I can't wait. I'm, I'm very excited. Join, it, join very us next excited. week to find very out excited. or the week I, after. We, I, will. I will guarantee we have got rid of all the rubbish songs next week. From here on in, yeah. it's just banger after banger. It's going to be amazing. And speaking of which, let's play out with our song of the week. And it's the only, the the only, only thing we agreed, we agreed on this week. On, which is... Coolio, and let's not forget the much maligned LV and his luncheon vouchers. This is Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> Gangster's Paradise. Enjoy yourself, just not too much. Bye bye. See ya. Ding, 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 ding,